2: Hello and welcome to Attacking Third, is CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we have news and notes for the audience from across Women's Soccer Globe and NWSL. Before we get into all that, a quick reminder, uh, you can now rate podcasts on Spotify. So if you're listening to us right now, it only takes a quick second to click rate and it helps us so much here. At attacking third. Lisa, let's get into it. Some we're still in the offseason of NWSL. We're still in the mix of January. There are still trades being announced. There are still uh, player deals, moves and acquisitions being announced and uh, also front office moves and and still some coaching uh, news that has been dropping from from team to team. So there's some things to get into here. And I can't wait to get into them with you. How are you doing today? Me too.
3: There's so much movement, so many announcements happening constantly. Uh, we're we're staying in touch about them, and and I'm pumped to come on here and talk about them, discuss a little bit about what these trades mean for the different teams, for the league, for the players, and and what this movement could potentially mean. Um, I'm doing good. We talked a little bit before we started recording and commiserating, honestly, about how cold. It is right now oh in in our respective city, Chicago, a little bit chillier than Philadelphia, where I am. But man, it's freezing right now. It's uh, it's this is the tough part of the stretch. This yeah. is the stretch of the winter where we forget what it's like. So I just close your eyes, picture laying on the beach, beads of sweat dripping down your forehead. That's what gets me through the cold days.
2: Yeah, I uh, I absolutely am like. Everybody maybe talks about the, like, there are lots of people out there who maybe talk about the weather It's like, a, a small talk or icebreaker stuff. And I'm like, actually, I really enjoy talking about the weather. uh, And I also really enjoy talking about the cold weather. Uh, We always like to gauge what type of temperature we're working with. And uh, when you find a sibling in solidarity in the cold, it's just like, it just makes, I think, for a more fun work environment because you both sort of understand what the other person is going through. So I love that we do the check in we're like, what's going on in Philly? What's going on in Chicago? How much snow do you have? How freezing are you? How many blankets
3: are wrapped around your legs right now as we were this episode because i have a heated blanket on right now setting is set to medium so i'm i'm toasty at least you know my
2: legs (laughs) yeah i definitely had some tea before we we hopped on to this and then switched over to to the water which is this is going to be everyone's daily drink your water reminder before we get into the to the news uh but but let's finally get into it and i think maybe at the top of this uh episode uh Just to let people know there's there's a a ton of different things that we need to talk about with uh, different picks happening and different announcements, excuse me, happening for a number of teams. But one that is really standing out is the Kansas City Current. And there's been a number of moves that have been made and announced for this team. So for this first uh, top segment, we're going to be really kind of focusing in on this club for a little bit because they're really giving us a lot to talk about here, Lisa, in this offseason.
3: They really are. Kansas City is a team that you need to keep paying attention to. Turn those Twitter notifications on for KC Current on Twitter because constant movements are happening. And and we – predicted a little bit of this before the offseason happened. We knew that Kansas City was a team that didn't have the best 2021 season, but that didn't discourage them at all based on the run they made towards the end of the regular season, uh, not making it into playoffs, but being that disruptive team for other clubs to make it or not make it into playoffs. That's what Kansas City did. And because of that, it was already that mindset of we are going to continue to climb and continue to get better. And over the last few weeks, Sandra, Kansas City has made tremendous moves and hires. No head coach yet as of this recording that we are doing, but hopefully that is to come next. But um, why don't you run us through some of the picks that have been happening here? For, I love, for I love that.
2: I love it. We always gotta put the disclaimer right whenever Still we're going no head through the coach.
0: Still whenever no we're coach. going,
2: uh whenever we go through like the off stuff. It's like, hey, at this at this moment, the time of this recording, always gotta hit the folks with a disclaimer. But uh Kansas City announcing a trade with North Carolina courage to bring United States women's national team forward Lynn Williams to the Kansas City Current. So Williams to the Current. Kansas City receives uh, North Carolina Courage. Uh, North Carolina Courage's natural second round and fourth round picks in the twenty twenty three draft. North Carolina Courage get two hundred thousand dollars in allocation money and the rights to goalkeeper Kaylin Rowland and the Currents first round pick in the upcoming 2023 NWSL draft. The Courage now hold three first round picks in the 2023 NWSL draft. And uh, Williams is actually currently in uh, Australia Women's League with Melbourne uh, victory on loan, which is – that's going to be coming Mm -hmm. uh, to a close pretty pretty soon. And then she'll eventually report to camps, obviously, February 1 with uh, Kansas City. But it it was a big – bit of news uh, for Kansas city with, with Lynn Williams here. And that's kind of really what kicked things off. And it was coming off of the tail end of maybe some other, um, kind of front office announcements as well. This team is, like you said, Lisa, in, in the process of uh, you know an ongoing search for a head coach, but they announced uh, a goalkeeper coach in Lloyd Laxley from Orlando Pride, someone who had experience with five years at that organization, and they also announced a new general manager, a position that they did not have in Kansas City front office in uh, Camille Levin. Camille Levin, former NWSL mm-hmm. player, uh, returning to NWSL, this time in the role of general manager, has a ton of uh, Obviously, I mentioned the playing experience, having been with Sky Blue, Houston Dash, and also has played overseas, Australia, Europe, and uh, now making her return to NWSL in an admin role. uh, Coming off of some sports business experience, being with WWE, right? It was kind of something that I think maybe folks were like, "Okay, that's nice," but I think this is a little bit of a cooler uh, announcement for for Levin that people maybe anticipate.
3: I agree. This hire for Kansas City is huge. As a GM, Levin has. First hand experience playing in this league right when it started in 2013. That's when she went to Sky Blue and then in the expansion draft uh, ended up going over to Orlando. They picked her in the 2015 expansion draft that the pride was in. So she's been through a draft, an expansion draft, um, leaving the league in 2017, playing overseas and having that experience. Um, so To have someone in such a position of power as the GM to be uh, overseeing all of the management of the soccer operations, reporting directly to the owners, Kansas City has so much going for them at this club and not even talking about on the field yet. Just looking at their ownership that they have and the rebrand that they did at the end of the 2021 season, the facilities they are building for their players and now to put uh, Cammy Levin in such a position of power and influence to be a, a person that has direct impact on the players and on the club. It's really such a great choice. And she actually played collegiately at Stanford with Lola Banta midfielder for Kansas City Current. Uh, they, they won the first Stanford championship in 2011 together. So that's another connection that Helps, honestly, because that communication between the players and front office staff and even general manager um, maybe is something we haven't seen a lot in past NWSL seasons in clubs throughout the league. And now to already have that connection and that relationship and Cammy Levin, uh, of course, a female in this role is huge. It shows a lot about the direction that Kansas city is, is looking to go. I really, I love this hire. I know when it happens, Sandra, I, I hit you up on the text message. I was like, this is great. Like this is a fantastic hire. Um, but even you mentioned Lloyd Lloyd Yaxley, a goalkeeper coach coming into Kansas city. That's a really big hire as well for Kansas city that shows that they're looking to take their goalkeeping and and their individual coaching to the next level because he is a, a veteran in the NWSL over ten years coaching in this league. Last five years with Orlando Pride, of course. Ashlyn Harris was there at Orlando Pride, so he's coached some of the top players in the world. He was also at Washington Spirit for a stint, um, and he's been with the United States national team from some of their youth teams, U seventeen, U eighteen, U twenty three, and also their senior level. So he has that understanding of coaching at a uh, expansion clubs and, and newer clubs in the league with younger players developing players and then also maintaining players that are already at the top of their game. For example, Ashlyn Harris at Washington or excuse me at Orlando Pride, um, already at the top of her game. But how do you continue to progress that and fine-tune the small details? And that's something that Lloyd Yaxley can definitely, definitely do. I mean, the projection of Kansas City right now, they're just skyrocketing they're, they're going yeah. completely upwards we've seen other teams really plateau at this point of the season
2: yeah for sure I mean uh, we took notice of it I think pretty early on right when we saw that um, they really kicked off the offseason and then kind of that early early trade window by announcing Sam Mewis and bringing a player like that into the fold and we did a, a little bit of a, an early very early teaser prediction of power rankings but we were still even ambitious with it a little bit and put kansas city i think in that five or six spot uh to be able to maybe contend for you know a a sort of late kind of um low kind of playoff spot uh even with just getting somebody like sam uis in the mix in that in that midfield uh it was all very very impressive this was a team and a franchise quite frankly that kind of put their eye onto the future. They really sort of put their eye into 2022 knowing where they were in their inaugural season. They started it in first place. They ended or started in last place, excuse me, ended it in last place. And, uh, you know, they announced their, or they unveiled their, their new badge, their new crest, their new name in that final home game of the season. They immediately were like, hey, we're looking ahead, announced plans, right, for the first ever of its kind NWL specific soccer stadium, which is intended to be in the downtown area along the river in Kansas City there. There's a lot of ambitious things that this uh, ownership group is doing uh, for Kansas City, and it's showing now with sort of the, the player transactions that they're making in the offseason, and this is one of two clubs at the moment. Again, disclaimer, at the time of this recording, uh, two clubs still looking in for their head coach, whether it's the current or the Red Stars. Uh, And for the current, uh, they're building something here in terms of not just the roster on the field, but really the kind of culture that they're putting within their franchise. And I I wrote all about it. You can see it on CBS Sports right now. We talk a lot about these moves that took place already and how this is really becoming a place, a, a desirable franchise and location that players are finding themselves perhaps wanting to be a part of and wanting to grow something in Kansas City, which says a lot, I think, about this offseason that we have been witnessing that introduces not one but two California sides. And we have seen the impact that these West Coast teams have had in terms of being desirable locations. And then you have a Kansas City side saying "Uh, uh-huh, Midwest is best and we're going to show you how? And quite literally and quite frankly, put the money where the mouth is, right? And uh, we're, we're seeing them not pick up one, but two U.S. national team star, uh, national team star players. Um, build three, three. AD French, right? Like they, they got AD yeah. French last year in a trade. They got her midseason, but I'm looking at yeah. just even this offseason. If you're looking at yeah. just this offseason, which is very short because it's coming off of the tail end of the longest ever NWSL season, it's like really two-ish Three ish, maybe months of an off season, and there's not a lot of time and not a lot of windows, quite frankly, to maybe work out these deals. And here they are picking up two U.S. players just in this off season, yeah, to go alongside and and sort of really build up a spine with with French, Mewis, and and, and Williams now. Um, so it's it's very impressive, I think, uh, for Kansas City. I think they've sort of very quietly uh, have shown that they are like strong contenders for for off season winners. Um, yes. And it's been I impressive
3: to see. It's really so impressive. And now when you look at their roster and really where they started, the trades they made during the season last year, acquiring AD Frange, um, other players like Haley Mace, Kristen Hamilton, those are... Big players and, and big time impact players that changed the game for Kansas City. Then Sam Lewis going to Kansas City, that was the first big trade. We, we did talk about that on here and, and how what she can bring. And then when you look at uh, positionally, Kristen Hamilton up top, Sam Lewis in the midfield, and AD French in gold defensively, you really are covering your field with just superstars. And now for the current to add Lynn Williams into that mix, which uh, based on quotes that were made, reports that went out. She asked for this trade to go from North Carolina to Kansas City Current, uh, back with her partner in crime, Sam U.S. They they do a podcast together, Snacks. Uh, They play on the women's national team together and they're good friends. So this dynamic duo of Sam U.S. and Lynn Williams who have played together, not only in North Carolina, but on the national team together, that chemistry is fantastic, right? I mean, that just... Elevates it even more. I mean, Sam Mewis alone elevates it in the attacking presence for Kansas City. Lynn Williams alone elevates the creativity, the speed, the commitment to scoring goals and getting chances for Kansas City. And then when you combine that star power, that familiarity, that relationship that these two players have on the pitch, it's huge. This is huge. For Kansas City, and they still don't even have a coach. And we know it's already going to be huge. It doesn't matter yeah. kind of what game plans are put into place for Kansas City because they have the the power of the players right now and the power to want to be a really good team in 2022 in the NWSL to be an impact team their second year in the league. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm saying it right now. Like They are going to be no, a huge impact team.
2: Yeah. And we're, and we're seeing like, so the development still of sort of this kind of um, this little bit of like trade partnership or pipeline, right. That's been happening between Kansas city and North Carolina, because yes, Mm -hmm. it it absolutely reunites this sort of, duo in, in, in Mewis and Williams, but they're also reconnecting Kristen Hamilton, who they yeah. played with, with the Courage for many, many years where they won lots of things together, and uh, a prospect in, in, in Haley Mace as well. So there's a little bit of continuity that's going to be happening for these uh, for this sort of core of players within Kansas City. It's going to be interesting to take a look and see how that continues to develop with Kansas City. But Kansas City was still making moves in this one. They made an additional move with Orlando Pride for Darian Jenkins. Kansas City receiving $75,000 in annotation money from the Pride and a 2023 second round pick. Uh, so a little bit of a movement there for Kansas City and Orlando Pride. And then the courage still stood on on the books as well. Selling a little or a lot.
0: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. Okay, picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Um, Let's talk a little bit, perhaps maybe on the current side of things, where they did make this move uh, with Kansas City for Lynn Williams, but in making this move, they also made an announcement of a player signing of their own. They signed international brilliant Brazilian forward, excuse me, Caroline Nicoli Israel Ferraz, formerly with Madrid club, the football feminine of Spanish primera division. So huge, huge signing for uh, international signing for uh, the courage on, on the opposite end uh, because I think for a lot of people, maybe you know, perhaps especially uh, people who find themselves very, very invested in the courage, making these looking at these announcements uh, from the courage, maybe sort of saying like, hey, like there's a lot of the core that was in place here that is no longer going to be moving forward uh, with this North Carolina courage side, uh, obviously in light of uh, so many things that developed over the course of the 2021 season, the termination of former head coach, Paul Riley, amongst the uh, allegations following, uh, reports of, uh, sexual harassment and coercion, uh, via the athletic and, uh, our co- uh, friend and colleague, uh, Meg Lena and, uh, kind of maybe going through a little bit of, uh, Their current coach, Sean Nahas, doesn't like to call it a rebuild, but maybe a little bit of a a retooling and, uh, you know, reinvestment into the club. Uh, But so many players who were so closely tied and associated and identified with that sort of courage culture at the time, that winning culture, uh, have now departed. uh, But. We saw on on socials, right, the reaction to some things. Somebody like an Abby Irseck, somebody like a Denise O'Sullivan, um, Ursig saying, "Hey." I'm, I'm still here to to run with the courage. Uh, and now they went out and made a signing uh, for an, uh, a Brazilian uh, forward, which they've had some success, right? We'll say with sort of converting uh, Brazilian players to uh, American domestic league style of play, right? They have a, a a player you might have heard of her in the Binha, although there are also <laughs> rumors there around yeah. that player who could possibly be seeking uh, different opportunities as well. We often wondered how long and when and if and how the NWSL could keep a player like that from uh, really the rest of the world. And, and we'll see what develops on, on that end with the uh, Davina, but no official announcement made yet. But uh, some excitement in, in bringing an, another Brazilian into the fold for for the Courage here.
3: There's a lot of excitement around signing Carolyn. Uh, a forward, she is very, very talented and very, very skilled with her feet uh, footwork, which is very common in Brazilian soccer players. They're, they're good. They just dance over time to say but it's very very true her footwork her ball skills she is so dangerous going 1v1 at defenders um and, and playing in madrid in spain um playing with that club i think over two seasons about 24 games and she had five goals so uh, Good stats there. I mean, not fantastic, but internationally with Brazil, she's she's a young player. She's 22 years old, and she started with Brazilian youth teams. Um, had had a few goals, two goals in the U20. World Cup in 2018 and then called up to the senior national team for Brazil in September of 2018. Throughout this last year in 2021, uh, Carolyn played five matches with Brazil and she scored five goals. So that's a pretty good stat for her. And uh, for Sean Nehas, uh, you alluded to this a a little bit, Sandra, but his his roster and this is his first year as full-time head coach for North Carolina Courage. They've traded away Kristen Hamilton, Haley Mace, we just talked about, Caitlin Rowland, who is now actually back with North Carolina Courage. Uh, Abby Dahlkamper is gone. Sam Mewis, we just discussed, along with Lynn Williams. Uh, Kari Ricaro, has James. They went to Angel City for protection over those clubs. Jess McDonald, went to racing Louisville um, and then a, a few other things, Canadian National and rights have, have been traded away. So there's been a lot of movement surrounding North Carolina courage and their roster. And before the, the announcement of, and the signing of Caroline, it was kind of like, okay, you're getting rid of a lot of your big, Forwards in, in Jess McDonald, Sam Mewis, uh Lynn Williams, even going away. Kari Ricaro, a bit more defensive, but she played in the midfield for yeah. uh, North Carolina Courage. It was almost like, what's going to happen here? Who's going to score all your goals when you're sending yeah. all of these people away? And then they make this signing for uh, the Brazilian forward, Carolyn, who it's a fantastic signing because this is the player that can really bring all of that together. All of those missing pieces in Williams, Mewis, uh mcdonald this is a player that can fill those holes um and if dabinia stays at the courage which of course everything is just a rumor right now surrounding dabinia but that partnership could be really huge because they know each other they're similar styles of play It could make for some really really fun matches to watch in the nwsl for the 2022 season
2: yeah, I'm curious to see if the Courage have anything else um, up their sleeve uh, ahead of, uh, you know, any preseason uh, gatherings or, or uh, starts uh, start dates of the year. And um, I think if you're a forward looking at the Courage, you're you're got to be saying to yourself, there's a shot to really earn my place in that in that front line. So we'll see a bit of a re-signing news, right? But I think also of, of equal importance that we're going to talk about for Gotham FC. They have re-signed their Defender of the Year, Caprice Didasco, to a two-year deal. That's huge. you got to be breathing pretty comfortably if you're a fan of Gotham FC. Didasco really kind of coming out uh, with Maybe what can be considered a little bit of a, a comeback comeback year, right? Uh, mm-hmm. going out and racking up assists for her team, going out there and locking down that flank, earning defender of the year honors, and really becoming a staple on that back line for this Gotham side. And though it's uh gone through some, you know, a little bit of a shakeup maybe in the offseason, uh, with the introduction now of Ashton Harris and Allie Krieger, uh, something that they are they sure that they were going to solidify was that outside. Back position and Didasco is going to remain with Gotham for the next two years, so that's exciting for sure.
3: Huge signing for Gotham. I think if if she didn't get re-signed, we would be very, very, very shocked. Uh, just yeah. based on the year that Didasco had, uh, she she really redefined the way and the style of Gotham's outside backs being a forward. She was a forward. Five assists uh, for Gotham in 2021, um, playing in, in 25 matches. So really solidifying her spot there and showing that she can be a player that gets all the way up the field and combines for so much of the creativity in the attack for Gotham, but then also can be a lockdown 1v1 defender. And and when we talked about Defender of the Year awards, we personally at Attack and Third didn't give it to her just because she is so offensive minded, but that's a style and that's it's <laughs> really what Caprice Didasco does so well in her attack and and her ability and vision to see the field play these give-and-go passes up the field and her great vision for long balls and crosses. Um, So this is a huge signing for Gotham and it does make for a promising future when you look at the defensive efforts that Gotham has. You just said it, Ashlyn Harris and Ali Krieger and now having Didasco on that back line. I mean, good things, right? Good things that we are seeing from Gotham. Um, And I'm glad that this, announcement for Gotham was as big as it was on their social media because this is a huge player for them and they celebrated her because Sandra we love defenders here at attacking third we want them to be celebrated yes. as much as the player that's scoring all the goals
2: 100% love to see it we did celebrate them more yeah, love to see it. I know, I know that we did when it uh, when live. We absolutely were like, we're gonna include this in part of uh, the update for for this episode and chat about it a little bit. Uh, excited to see what uh, 2022 brings for Didasco on the pitch for sure, and uh, maybe to close out uh, some of the uh, signings and moves that have been taking place this week. Uh, Racing Louisville and Chicago Restars announced a trade of their own. Uh, Chicago Rush welcoming back Yuki Nagasato into the fold. Uh, there were some conversations and it. it came out uh, that yuki nagasato said that she was newly engaged uh to her fiance in in chicago and that they uh want to build their life in in the city of chicago so with the taking that into mind into consideration racing in Chicago, obviously um, engaged in two discussions (laughs) right over that. And uh, it was made official where racing will receive uh, Chicago's natural third round pick in the 2023 NWSL draft and an international roster slot for 2022 and 2023 seasons uh, to get Yuki Nagasato back into the fold for Chicago. And Lisa, if you'll, Allow me. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it, on paper. Uh, this is absolutely a, a, a fan signing, a locker room signing even yeah. uh, for the Chicago Red Stars team. In that aspect, I think it checks a couple of boxes and it can be viewed as a bit of a win-win for the chicago red stars i'm not entirely convinced on the pitch that this is a long-term solution for this team at the forward position uh, perhaps more of a short-term solution in the mix this is a team that uh, is in desperate need of trying to sort of flesh out their forward options there uh, because they are kind of limited at the moment Um, the team went ahead and and uh, put out on December eighth their intended roster uh that was set for twenty twenty two and that included uh forwards uh like Mal Pugh, it included uh somebody uh like a Sarah Lubert, but then we saw that Sarah Lubert is going to be staying in Liga MX Feminil with Globe America uh, because Liga MX Feminil has a year-round uh, season, so at the very least, Luber could possibly uh, still be part of the Red Stars' plans moving forward, but uh, that ins- that announcement ensures that it will not be at the start of the 2022 season, so uh, kind of, you know, very slim options along with Mal Pugh, uh Alyssa Mott's listed on there, and Kalia Watt as well, whose option has yep. been exercised, uh, but there has been no official announcement from the Chicago Red Stars on uh, the the injury, the semifinal injury that Khalil Watt had sustained uh, in that match against Portland Thorns, uh, she was on the sidelines, on uh, you know, not in uniform uh, for the championship final in support of her roster, but, but no real update there. So uh, in terms of where her progress is with that, that is still unknown without an official announcement. So uh, working on unfortunate assumptions, the, the options are slim. So having somebody like a Yuki Nagasato return and sort of already check out those boxes in terms of like a fan favorite in terms of a locker room signing um, those are good boxes to check off. And I'm a little bit curious Lisa to sort of see if this player can have a similar impact to another player like Mallory Pugh because we saw what a player like Yuki Nagasato can do alongside somebody like a Sam Kerr and there's probably people out there like well what are you talking about Sandra Sam Kerr is prolific and you're correct nobody knows that better than me having you know covered her locally for the two years while she was in Chicago and sort of being able to see the magic that Sam Kerr can bring on a pitch but we really saw a, a different Um, look in Sam Kerr's game with the Chicago Red Stars that we are starting to see tenfold in the Premier League, uh, or excuse me, with the Women's Super League in uh, Chelsea. But Sam Kerr, while she was in that final season with Chicago Red Stars in 2019, recorded the most assists that she ever had in uh, NWSL history with five assists in a season. And being able to sort of become a little bit more of a collaborator while still racking up goal after goal (laughs) after goal after goal. So it was a a really nice glimpse into what uh, sort of Sam Kerr was just beginning to tap into the time and what we're starting to see now uh, with the Blues more week in and week out. So I'm curious if a player like Nagasato can have a similar impact uh, to be that sort of uh, collaborative partner with somebody like Mal Pugh, who was at times during the 2021 season, constantly looking for collaborators and another outlet uh, or option uh, in the front line. um, So we'll see what happens there. But uh, for now, it looks like a, a nice uh, pick that people are very, very happy about.
3: I'm happy about this transfer back. I mean, when you look at Yuki Nagasato in Racing Louisville, she was dubbed as one of the veterans, a big leader. Anytime you spoke with anyone on Racing Louisville, players, coaches, and all Suki was their leader. They, it was you leaned on her when you needed things, when you needed advice as players, um, and she definitely took on that role of "I'm a veteran in this league and I can lead the way for this expansion club." Um, so now heading back to Chicago, where she's played before, she lives. Her her family is settling down there. Um, it's going to provide honestly more of like relaxation for the player. Off the pitch, um, and and that's something that we've seen a lot in this offseason Is uh, this season specifically NWSL clubs listening to their players and granting their wishes of, hey, I want to go back to Chicago because that's where I want to start my family and be engaged to my fiance and do things like that. And the fact that these clubs racing Louisville and Chicago are both listening to that and saying, okay, you don't want to be in racing. You don't want to be at racing Louisville anymore. And you don't want to be in Kentucky anymore. And Chicago saying, yes, when you're going to be happy here with us, we will take you back. So I think that's huge huge for the players uh, because there is no free agency in the NWSL right now. So those conversations need to be happening between coaches, players, GMs um, across the league to make these players happy and and where they want to be because you perform better. If you're happier, if if you like where you are, if you can go home to family at the end of the day. Um, So that's really uh, besides everything on the field that, that you talked about and the impact that Nagasato can make it's, it's off the pitch and the mindset that this year now is starting to have for the NWSL and and making their players happy and putting them where they want to be. I love to see that. Let's, let's keep that train riding.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely been a trend right in the, the off season uh, back in closing of 2021. And now even here in the early stages of 2022 uh, where the players are getting involved and having their wishes, uh, Listen to you know and their concerns addressed in terms of uh, wanting to find different options for themselves uh, in the upcoming season. Uh, Lisa, you know, I think to close out this episode we hit our listeners with a ton of NWSL updates. why don't we both give a quick Women's Super League update for our audience as well to maybe close this one out. If you want to maybe uh, give a quick rundown of the matches that took place, I can close it out with the standings to let everybody know what's going down in WSL.
3: Yeah, uh, WSL, man, these matches were crazy. We talked about it last week. There were a few cancellation um, cancellations happening due to COVID protocols. There were supposed to be six games, but only three matches played and some, uh, I'm going to say, fun Interesting, crazy results. If you're not following this league already, what are you doing? Please join because it's it's fun to chat about. Uh, so Man City, they beat uh, Brighton and Hove uh, 6-0. Five different goal scorers, one own goal that came uh, for Man City in their favor. But all of these six goals came in the second half for Man, Man City. So um, maybe not the most surprising scoreline from this past weekend. Also, Reading beat Leicester City 1-0. Um pretty solid game there, but uh, the biggest match, Sandra, I'm not sure if you caught this one, if you didn't. And if you, you want to watch some highlights, if you're looking for an underdog team to root for in the WSL, uh, uh, this is it Birmingham city. They, they are your team. If you're looking for an underdog that can surprise anyone, Birmingham city defeats arsenal two nil This match was fantastic. So our arsenal was undefeated at this point in the season until they play against Birmingham. Birmingham also hadn't won in the WSL all season. They had not won a game. This game was played at Birmingham City, so a, a home match for Birmingham. And it was the first time that they had won a home match since October of 2020. 19 um this this was crazy snapping arsenal's undefeated streak and it started Early And I think that's the point. I mean, yes, you can look at this and there's so many different factors, but really this is the game that I was so keyed in on for Arsenal and and Birmingham. It was tough. It was a tough game for Arsenal and, and really tough for them to watch a team that traditionally just dominates week in and week out. They are at the top of the standings. They were ahead by double game points over Chelsea coming into this week. And then for Birmingham City to just kind of roll over them. Birmingham City won every every ball in the air. They won every second chance ball. They were winning the 50-50 battle. Arsenal will, were outplayed physically in in that 50-50 ball battle. Arsenal were sloppy with their footwork and and with their passing. They did not create a lot of chances. They only had two shots on goal. Um, And and when Arsenal was breaking through and, and getting chances up top, it was single players alone. They had no support. They had no runs, no options being made. It was a mess for Arsenal. But hey, Birmingham City, way to go. I mean, I... I loved watching this game and and I think the last point I'm gonna say about this is Birmingham City scored three minutes in, a goal by Liz Libby Smith. It was a long ball over the top. They they played the foot race game against Arsenal and they won. And because of that first goal in the third minute and Arsenal not being able to equalize, it set the tone for the rest of the game. And
2: Birmingham City on the front foot, one. I, this is crazy, Sandra. <laughs> I think you're. I think you're putting it nicely. I mean, I would even bet you to say it. Uh, you know, getting the. It's one thing when you're watching the game, right, and you're yeah. watching it play out, and then you match that with like your eye test versus like your stat test, and you're getting the numbers, and it went from being like, "Whoa, that was a wild game," to being like oh this was actually kind of ugly for arsenal oh, completely. Uh, the, the biggest one was the, the the limiting them to the just the two shots on target it was a rough day at the office uh to say for sure but all things considered you know the the, the league kind of having to navigate you know all the covet cases and everything like that it was uh, it was gonna be a tall order for for that weekend of games with all the eyes on the team but like you said it 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 impacted the standings, right? It shook things up a little bit. Let's take a look at these standings as a, as Women's Super League heads into match day 12. We will see how the matches unfold. Last weekend, there were some limited matches. Uh, we're supposed to have an original amount of games. I think it was about six, but three ended up getting uh, postponed. So as of, as of now, these are the standings heading into match day 12. Arsenal, despite the loss, still at number one with 25 points. Chelsea at number two with 21 points, number three, Tottenham with 20 points, number four, Man United with 18 points, and the rest playing out five all the way to 12 is Man City, Manchester City at number five, Reading at number six, Brighton and Hove at number seven, West Ham at number eight, Everton at number nine, Aston Villa at number 10, Birmingham City at number 11, and Leicester City in 12th place right now. We'll try to keep an eye on the action that happens in uh, match day 12 for everyone to sort of maybe get another rundown for everyone for any action that you may have missed. We want to thank you all for joining us as always. We hope you uh, were able to get informed with some, some of the news and notes and things that happened between NWSL and women's super league. Once again, I want to thank you all for listening. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. You can now leave us a five-star review on Spotify. And if you have any questions for us, you can actually leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a question. And Lisa and I will answer it during our mailbag segment. It's back in 2022. So leave us a five-star review and a question at Apple Podcasts to join that segment with us. We're also available as video subscribe to us on youtube visit youtube.com slash attacking third and we'll be back on friday with more coverage and exclusive interviews for sandra Rada and lisa roman this was attacking third.
1: hey everyone this is jimmy conrad your favorite former u.s men's national team player and the host of the call it what you want podcast and i'm here to tell you that viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language it's inspired from the coastal california lifestyle